safety. While Dublin's unbeaten record, which has stretched back 18 matches in Leinster, is gone. At the semi-final stage, Eamon O'Brien's team have beaten the Dubs. It's Meade's first victory over Dublin since the Leinster final of 2001. It's a wonderful day for the Royals. They're in the Leinster final. They can celebrate. They played some good football. Ah, oh, they were the good old days, Jimmy. The good old days. Yes, we indeed. remember them well. We remember them well. We, we, we 2010. Nine years ago. Yes, indeed, uh, Fergal. What was it? Five, twelve or something? Thirteen points, something like nine, that. Five nine. Five I nine, think. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Five, five goals. Anyway, five what a day that was. Uh, you know, sad thing though. There is, and Jerry Canning referred to it in commentary, which I didn't really know. It was Mead's first victory over Dublin in the Leinster final since two thousand and one. Yeah. So we've only beaten Dublin in one Leinster final now since two thousand and one in eighteen years. Now, I'm not sure how many Leinster finals, because I should have done my sums before I came down, but I'm not sure how many Leinster finals we played Dublin in in that 18 years. But Jesus, one Leinster final in 18 years. I know they're a different class. They're a different animal. We we saw that on Sunday, and we'll get to that in a minute, but... uh, not a great it's not a great reflection is it it's it's not it's, it just shows you how um you know how far dublin have gone into another stratosphere compared to everybody else but then why should we be surprised at that because we 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 spoke we've seen some figures over the weekend of the kind of support that dublin are getting from uh, the gaa and I, I i must say i'm absolutely perplexed and I was I was listening to John Horn yesterday, and I was very annoyed listening to him. I got more and more annoyed listening to him because they talked about the uh, the millions, the millions that have gone into. I think it's eleven million, is it? Something like, you know, whatever it is, it's it's a huge it's amount. One, I think they get one point two million a year. Uh, yeah. Whereas the other eleven counties in the province get one point eight between well, them. I, I I think over the last ten years, they were looking back over the last ten years, and um, uh, you know. Cork is next, but it's it's, it's Cork is second, but it's something like eleven million for Dublin, Cork one million. This kind of uh, disparity in figures. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, uh, that and piece that was on RTE during the week, and and some very puffy sort of questions asked. You know, like the it wasn't very hard hitting journalism. And oh, John Coslo, do you get annoyed? Do you get annoyed when people start saying it's the money and it's the money? And I heard it on News Talk as well. And do you get fed up, Jim? I think it was Maura Trassi. Do you get fed up, Jim, when people say about all the money that goes into Dublin? Like, do you get fed up with that, Jim? Well, a case of whether Jim gets fed up of hearing it or not. It's yeah. the truth. Well, it's yeah. Fact. Well, uh, no. In fairness so to the, we shouldn't be uh, soft, soft questioning in, in, with this. And in fairness to the RT reporter yesterday morning, Fergal had to draw. I don't know if you heard it or not. No, I don't. But have to he draw, was no. quite. Uh, it was a good. It was good. You know, he, there was the questions were pretty. Uh, Who pretty, was that? Um, Gavin. No. Uh, um, it could have been now, but it was quite good, and um, I, you know, I just couldn't believe the the, uh, the disparity between the count Dublin and the rest of them. But the the thing is that he he just said that um, um, John Horn was saying that, you know, they're happy with this at the moment, and that's really what got me going. Yeah, why they're, they're happy with it. <laughs> You know, but no, I'm talking about the GAA hierarchy. Yeah, you know, well, you know. look at, I, I suppose, and, and uh, John Costello from CEO, Dublin CEO made a good point of, you know, maybe the other counties need to be knocking and baiting down the door of the GAA and saying, look, we want this money, instead of saying, oh, it's not fair giving Dublin all that money. Like, nobody is saying, take this money away from Dublin. Nobody is saying, deny the kids up in Dublin uh, 
the 50 odd coaches or whatever amount of coaches that they have nobody for a minute is saying that don't put money into schools don't do it but but be fair with it if you're going to put that money into dublin put that money into mead put it into kildare put it into leitrim put it into sligo put it in put a fair amount into everybody but that's the argument of the, of the GA hierarchy is that per capita you know the money because Dublin is a bigger, obviously much bigger population anywhere else. Yeah, but uh, more per capita, I'd activity. love to know what the ratio of that per capita. And there's a lot of big words and a lot of little words, but very Latin-y in there, isn't it? I'd love to know what the ratio is per capita of the population in Dublin actually play GA compared to the ratio yeah. per capita of people in Leitrim, Mayo, Sligo. It's a fair Cork, point, but it probably be GA. it probably would be substantially. Bigger than any other county. There might be more people, but yeah. percentage-wise, yeah, yeah. Okay, Dublin might have more people playing GAA, but when you compare it to the population of Dublin, again, I'm just picking a number out of my head here. If forty percent of the people in Dublin play GAA and forty-five percent of the people in Leitrim play GAA, that's a hell of a lot more people in Dublin. But well, why don't they put everything into a central pool? And then distribute it, uh, uh, t- mindful of the fact that Dublin gets far more money in sponsorship than anybody else. And then, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. And, they, and they, well, I, I heard Kieran Whelan or, or Collie Moran or somebody, uh, actually, it could have been Mossy Quinn saying it the other day that, um, you know, Dublin aren't self sufficient. They do have great sponsorship, and people are saying, oh, Dublin are self sufficient. Let them look after themselves now and that. But that's not true. They have massive overheads. As you said, they have a massive population. They have a lot of schools and a lot of kids and a lot of everything to look after. And they're successful at all grades ladies' football, camogie, uh, they're senior hurlers, senior footballers, under 20. They're, they're just successful across the board. Mm. And I want to get, because I want to get away from that, and I'm conscious that we have a lot of interviews that we want to get through as well. Uh, the amount of money that Dublin get wasn't the reason why Mead kicked 12 wides on, on Sunday and wasn't the reason why Ben Brennan had an off day from freeze, wasn't the reason why we hit the upright twice, wasn't the reason why we dropped three shots short into Stephen Cluxton's hand, wasn't the reason why some poor refereeing decisions uh, went against Mead. One of the stats there... Sorry about that. One of the stats there that uh, that came up and, and Andy referenced it, we'll hear it in his interview, which we'll play now in a minute, uh, when, he, when he talked to the media after the game, was uh, I think the, the free count was equal enough, okay? Fair enough. But me, that's six yellow cards and a black card. Dublin had none. So are Dublin just this beautiful team that have no physicality to their game? Or how come Mead were highlighted to, to have... Well, well, they seem committed to have, six yellow card offences. They seem to have perfected living on the edge. Uh, you know, they the, the perfected the art of that, it looks like, because, uh, you know, uh, six yellow, uh, yeah, six ye- yellow cards for Mead, it, it was a lot. Um, it, but it shows maybe Mead have to look at discipline as well. Because, uh, do, you know. Do you think of those six yellow cards, how many of them were warranted? In the context of the game, in... In the execution of what they did that warrant that warranted the yellow card in the referee's opinion, where are the yellow cards? He even got one bloody wrong. Well, Con- he gave I, one to I, James Conor McGill, McGill, I think that was a very harsh one. Anyway, I'm just that's one that certainly springs yeah, to they're mind. Not, they're not jumping out, and and I think that's a reflection. The fact that the yellow card offences aren't jumping out of our mm-hmm. mind that we can instantly remember them. Are you shows saying, that they're not are you suggesting Fergal that there is a, a, a bias t- t- towards I think Dublin definitely. teams who play Dublin I think, 
Dublin definitely get in, against uh, there's this oh and, and anybody will tell you and it's, referees won't tell you but anybody will tell you that when Dublin are playing at home which Crow Park is their home whether they like to admit it or not they get two games in the Super 8s there one is their home game and one is their neutral game Um, when Dublin are playing at home referees referees tend to favour home teams more often than not in all, all across the grades um, and referees also tend to favour the big teams all yeah, across well, they, they, the grades. I've so Man United will talk about it. Yeah, I've referee. often heard it in soccer. Yeah, yeah, talk yeah, about that. yeah. Big teams think, get yeah. get little decisions. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and those accumulate. But that's not the reason for a a second sixteen point defeat uh, by Dublin that Mead have suffered in the, the last two Leinster finals okay. they faced them. It was harrowing from a Mead perspective to watch it, wasn't it? You know, the supporters, because we did go up there with some hope, you know, that we could rattle the cage a little bit. We, we went with some... I mean, you talked last week as well about some of the great players in the past. Um, yeah. uh, Ollie Murphy and Graham Gary actually thought we might win, you know, and um, there, was, there was others among that. Yeah, well, okay. Be, you know, Harrowing is a harsh word, I think. Har- harrowing... Uh, you said it in, in our live talk a good game before the game when we spoke about the pressure of a big game and the pressure of a derby. Don't mind that. Harrowing, der- Harrowin watching it. Yeah, that uh, pressure pressure is when the the electricity bill comes through the door and you haven't got the money to pay it. That's yeah. pressure. Yeah. Um, uh, Alex in, in the greatest in the greater scheme of things, um, the meat performance wasn't actually that bad. Okay, we're six or eight, maybe five, six years off Dublin's physicality, where they are in, in terms of their progression and growth. We're five, six years behind Dublin in terms of physicality. That showed in the last 15, 20 minutes of the game. I think with 15 minutes to go, we're nine points to three down. Maybe a, mm. no, maybe a little bit more, maybe 17 right. minutes to go. We're nine points to three down. We get a goal at that stage. It's a one-score game. Well, I, I think you, you mentioned that you said some Meade's performance wasn't that bad. Isn't that yeah. right? As we said, yeah. it wasn't that bad defensively, Fergal. It was dire uh, attacking wise, I think, because our but attacking policy didn't. No, no. Uh, atta- uh, you know, we didn't really, we didn't really land a punch on on Dublin in terms of. Cre- um, well, I'm going to argue with you counter that. When you say it was dire attacking wise, it was dire execution wise. We created opportunities against the Dublin defence. We just uh, that has been much lauded. And there are nine Leinster titles in a row now, going for five All-Irelands in a row. We created as many scoring opportunities as Dublin did. We just didn't execute them. We talk about the misfreeze. We talk about the terrible wides. We talk about uh, an opportunity early on when Killian O'Sullivan got through. If he just grabbed that ball, when uh, Ronan Ryan was bearing down in goals. And another example of Dublin's clinical uh, tackling and or cynical tackling, sorry, and how they can prevent goal scoring opportunities. Pull down just outside the square. We created mm. opportunities, so our attacking approach. There were aspects of it: the lunacy of playing James Conlon inside on his own and having Mickey Newman out working his arse off between the forty-five and sixty-five. Yeah, well, so it, crazy. It, our attack malfunctioned mm. in in many ways, you know, because. Uh, uh, I thought we were uh, patient. We we didn't uh, panic. We looked to create openings. We played ball into James Conlon. It didn't stick to him. It bounced yeah, well, off. That's, off that's my point. Yeah, that's my point. It, uh, but, but James was in there sometimes, as you say, on his own. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe two Dublin players around him. And, and did him remarkably you know. well on many occasions to get out in front and get his hands on the ball, but it just didn't stick. And to well, me, well, that's the difference between Mead and Dublin is that clinical finishing, that, that 
excellence of execution. They do the simple things so well. Mead were brilliant defensively. Well, I thought uh, Conor McGill was, yeah, was they were brilliant. man yeah. of the match. Uh, certainly, he had, a, he had a fantastic first half, especially. Yeah. He was brilliant. Okay, uh, in the second half, they created 15 scoring chances and scored 13. Well, look, he, he had this wave coming at him, yeah, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it'd be very difficult for him, but he was brilliant in the first half. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to solve this uh, this issue of getting the ball, you know, d- defending well enough against a team. But well, of course, they're, you know, they're, they're not going to face another team like Dublin. No. So. No, and that's uh, but, why. But, but no. and they've got to, they've got a good scores in. They've racked up good scores in the previous game. What did you know, score against Donegal? One seventeen. Yeah. In well, the league final. That's pretty good. You know, so people saying people coming out and Chris, and I must say as well before we go any further, the Yobs is all I can describe them, that are on some of these forums out there and these social media platforms to take to the, get to jump onto their keyboards and onto their phones just to personally insult and abuse and run down players. Their families are picking up yeah. these things. And then somebody had a go at me yesterday on Twitter about, oh, Fergal, I've seen that you've criticised players. I've criticised players' performances. I've criticised players that haven't played well. Not criticised, it's constructive criticism. It's, it's our job to report on games. I've never gone out and said such and such is rubbish. He doesn't deserve to be on the team. How the, does that fella get on a team? Oh, I wouldn't pick him. And never once in my twenty how long yeah, we doing this, this twenty two th- years doing this, and you're one hundred and twenty two years doing <laughs> it, and you've never done it. <laughs> well, either. That's you. Yeah, you, you, Sums was never your strong point, Fergal. <laughs> no, no, or writing. Some people would say as well, and, and talking on a podcast. That's not a strong point either. But, yeah, so you got but my point is off there. My point is... But I've been doing it a long time, but yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. My, my point is, is that these, these guys went out and they busted a gut. And to a certain extent, and for 55 minutes, they held their own with the best football team that has ever played the game. Held their own. Yeah. Other teams happened. Okay, we scored four points. Paltry, embarrassing to come away with four points. The lowest total since the 1985 Leinster final when Leash only scored four points I wonder but when me get even four points in a championship match last yeah I know yeah. and it's poor but on another day on, I think it wouldn't have been outlandish with the way that some of the shooting went it certainly wouldn't have been outlandish to have to have me the if Mead had posted 12 points in that game, okay, you're still bet 117 to 12 points, but you walk away with your head held high. Mm-hmm. And I would still tell those Mead players, if any of them bother to listen to this, or if anybody listens it and wants to tell the Mead players, I'll walk away from that game with more lessons learned on how to go forward and how to bring it into the Super 8s than with my chin in my chest mm-hmm. out of embarrassment that we only scored four points. Held the Dublin team to five points in the first half. Held them to nine points for three quarters of the game. It's not too many teams yeah. in the country have done well, this they, at they all. G- they gave it everything, of course, and uh, you know, me teams will always, uh, players, you can't, you can never fault them for that, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, Just want to play... I, I think they, 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 they learned from the young, young Ben Brennan, for instance. Yeah. He's bound to learn. He, 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 had, he had a huge responsibility there on, on Sunday, stepping up to take frees before 47,000 people on a wet day, yeah. heavy ball. Yeah. You know, yeah, I don't different. have to have heavy balls anymore, but the wet day, it's, it's very difficult. Now, people would say they were, well, uh, they were straightforward. Um, Pressure po- does funny things. Yeah, in, exactly. In, we in, saw the yeah. Johnny Sexton, um, you know, missing kicks that you'd expect him to score. Yeah. But look, it's, um, well, the he, he's, he's going to have to learn game. from that. He kicked a, a 20 yeah, metre yeah. free from right in front yeah, of the just post. As and he's well brilliant, for Mead. that Robinson guy. He brilliant. was brilliant. Yeah, that yeah. was a Robinson kid. Was one yeah, yeah, Jack Robinson. Uh, what a, what a, 
a brilliant player he was. He yeah. scored some class. I don't know points. what he's doing the juniors. And right in front of the post, he kicked a twenty meter free. Well, Pressure we should, does funny remember things. Remember Desi Dolan? I do remember. Back Desi. and yeah, whatever, yeah. two thousand. Nice man, Desi. Nice times. man, fella. Yeah, but yeah, he uh, yeah. just uh, the pres- He missed that yeah, kick. That but, day uh, when, yeah. Uh, back in the day, but um, yeah, look. Uh, look, I, I, when you speak about Ben Brennan and and uh, and Andy McEntee, I'm just going to play the the press conference with Andy after the game. We didn't get one on one interviews with the manager after the game, so our again a bit like the the last game in Crow Park. They're all done in a media room where we all sit down together and the uh, dictaphones are put on the table in front. So you might struggle to hear some of the questions. So if if uh, if you want to hear the questions that have been asked, turn up your earphones or turn up your car radio or whatever you're listening to this on. Uh, you'll hear the questions. But here was Andy's immediate reaction after the game in the in the bowels of the Hogan stand on Sunday. What's your overall oh, look, I mean, I think everybody's usually disappointed. Uh, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a huge, uh, huge gap in the scoreline at the end of the day. Uh, we needed we needed to be a lot better than we were. We needed to be a lot more uh, clinical in front of goals if we were going to give ourselves any sort of a chance of, of, of competing. And, uh, and that's probably the, the department that let us down most today. You need to take Yeah, you know, we, we needed to be able to put Dublin under pressure, and I suppose it's fair to say that we didn't really manage that at any stage of the game. Like. We had a lot of, uh, we had more shots at goal in the first half than they had. We had 11, they had nine. Uh, but we had one score on the board at, at, at the end of uh, end of 35 or 36 minutes of play, and that that says that says uh, a lot, really. I thought uh, I thought we competed pretty well all over the over the pitch. You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of good one on one you know contests. Uh, I think we defended reasonably well. I think our full back line defended pretty well. Uh, we had more than our fair share of, of, of possession. We just didn't uh, we didn't convert it. So you know, uh, the truth is, Dublin were never really under pressure because we didn't we didn't put the scores on the board. Well, I say if we got if we had eleven shots at goal in the first half. I mean, if you get if you get uh, if you got half of those, it would have been a fairly tight game at half time. So I mean, uh, Dublin had they obviously deployed uh, Finn McMahon as a as a kind of a in a sweeper role there, and we weren't getting our shots maybe from the best areas of the field, but there was still a lot of decent efforts. You know, a couple, I think maybe three frees, and we missed we missed the three of those, and you know the conditions weren't easy. Uh, I suppose Dublin were having their own difficulties at, at, at the far end too. So uh, that's it, really. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't have any. I need to, I need to look at it again. I don't have any answers straight away. But uh, we just, we just didn't uh, get in a position to see could they, could we, could we force them into, into more mistakes than they usually, than they usually do. Yeah, yeah, and I was, we were doing we were doing something right. Uh, now I know conditions were difficult for them as well, but we were we were competing reasonably well in a lot of areas of the field. We just didn't uh, we didn't make the most of, of, of the half chances that we had. 
how, how damaging were the misses from the freeze each side at half time to the morale of the team? Ah, oh, look, I'm not, I mean, uh, it's, it's hard to know that, uh, Brendan, to tell you the truth, but uh, it, would have been, it would have been a boost, I suppose, to get a free either side of it, because, you know, all of a sudden it's 6-3 instead of 6-1, uh, and two points here or there, and, you know, with the, with the final score, oh, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference, but uh, momentum is great, and uh, we needed to be cashing in when we had a bit of momentum, when we had a bit of possession. We needed to cash in on it, whether it was from freeze or whether it was from play. We just didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, look at, I mean, it's 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 something that we've talked about before. We got to get up to that level. So. They have they have so many players at at, at that physical level uh, that you know you take one off you bring another one on everybody knows the strength of our panel uh, and uh, those last ten uh, certainly ten to fifteen minutes were very damaging to us. I don't know. I don't know is the answer. We haven't been in this position before, so it, it'll be interesting to see how fellas react. Uh, we were one game away from the Super 8s last week, we're one game away from it this week. So ultimately, not a whole pile has changed. It just it will be a, a fair test of, uh, of resolve and a fair set test of character to come back from uh, a defeat like that. I'm not. I'm not going to. I mean, you know, let's let's be fair about this. I'm not going to start talking about. We're after getting a bit of a drub in there, so I don't think I don't think it's the time for me to start pontificating about Leinster football or the state of football. Yeah, look at him. And Graham has been there before. You know, he's been showing up while in training and. Uh, that was that was the decision we made, and uh, sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. I'm not saying we got it wrong there today. Like he picked up a pretty heavy knock there as well, so uh, that was the reasoning behind it. You pick fellas who you think are informed. Well, it was we were four points down at half time. We were what? Six or seven points down with 15 minutes to go. Maybe I'm getting the timing wrong. Uh, you're going to lose the game, you're going to lose the game. We expect the fellas to have a goal, and by and large, I think they had a goal. Maybe execution wasn't what we'd like, but uh, I think by and large, fellas had a goal. Actually, didn't surprise me. They are what they are. I mean, everybody knows what they are. So, I mean, uh, the gap is there. There's, there's no hiding from that. We got, we got to just uh, regroup and try and try and uh, our best to, to close that gap. Sure. I mean, uh, you have to take positives for us. I mean, I thought, I thought some of the some of the individual performances out there were very good. Uh, and uh, we just got to get used to dealing and playing with uh, playing against teams of, of that standard. And there's not too many teams out there of that standard. Let's let's be honest about it. So 
uh, we got to, and that's and that's why we said all along our goal was to get to the Super 8s. We are playing teams of, of higher standard than us on a consistent basis. And, you know, that's, that's probably a lesson out there for everybody. Not too many guys have played against that Dublin team at, uh, you know, at this stage. Well, sure, look, at, you know, it seems these things happen and uh, they're, not, they're not picked up. If it wasn't picked up, it wasn't picked up. Uh, well, it, 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 you know, yeah, well, it, you look at it, you know, you're getting beaten like that, everybody gets frustrated. So, I mean, I, I'm not sure what the, what the yellow card count was, but I say we won that game. Yeah, 6 2. Oh, 6 0. Ah, but Dublin aren't physical, so I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I, I didn't see it. I don't know. But certainly some of the people around me seemed to see it, and uh, it wasn't picked up. So Andy mentioned there, Jimmy, um, that Mead are still in the same situation this week as they were last week, one game away from the Super 8s. But the big job is, and he, he couldn't answer it, um, how will the team react? He can't answer it, no, Fergal. At least to have two weeks. That's one thing in their favour. The, it, it was so unfair on teams to lose a, a provincial uh, final and then expect them to come out the next week and uh, carry out invariably the loss but uh, the, at least they have two weeks so no yeah. team has won no team that has been beaten in a Leinster final has won their qualifier game since Kildare in 2009 10 but, years yeah but how long is this two weeks in now well, oh, this is probably only the second year that, second, is yeah it's second, not long maybe. in anyway no, so I, I look it does give them a chance and Oh, it, it, and of course, an awful lot depends on who they get. Yeah. You know, uh, you know. Well, they can't get Leash or Offaly who are drawn against each other. Yeah, and they played Offaly before. Uh, they played Leash and Offaly before. And Leash, so yeah. doesn't matter who, who they get in that. Um, Westmead are probably the. Uh, probably Westmead Clare are probably the team that most people would be looking to, you know, if you if you could get that one, but I wouldn't be taking mm. that for granted either against them. It's going to be tough no matter who it is. You can also get Mayo or Armagh, whoever wins that one, and Kildare or Tyrone. Well, we beat Clare well in the league, didn't we? You we were at that beat, match, I think, we, well, down we there. Did, well, I wouldn't say we yeah. bet them well. We bet them five or six points, right. uh, which isn't a decent... Is, is a decent game was initially yeah, but it's tough. And Clare will be tough, and they've improved. And again, we're coming off the back of a 16-point drubbing. Yeah. Uh, Westmead always put it up to us, no matter what the story is, uh, or the golfing class, or the different situations of the teams. Westmead always put it up to us. Uh, again, as we had hoped would happen last week, when it comes to a local derby, everything goes out the window. Only that doesn't count when the local derby is against Dublin. <laughs> but, um, they're going to they're gonna make it tough. They are going to make it tough. And uh, one of the questions that you asked, I'm going to play two interviews here back to back, one with Graham Riley and one with Ben Brennan. Um, and w you probably, you put it to both men as well, you know, what went wrong and how do you bounce back? So uh, here was the two boys' response, two St. Colin Kills lads here. You know, you started today, uh, that was maybe a surprise, right? when were you told you're, you're usually been coming on for the last 20 minutes, or you know, the last half hour from games? Yeah, I, I knew during the week uh, Andy had told me that I was starting. Um, last couple of weeks have been going really well um, in training games and stuff that we've done, so he, he gave me the opportunity. Um, 
you know, unfortunately, you know, some of the, I took two or three shots today, one hit the post, one one or two or an inch or two upside of the post, which is look my job is to score. So um, I'd be disappointed with that. And unfortunately I just got a bad bang on, on top of the knee there, so I, I came off after with forty five minutes gone. So um, but yeah look I got an opportunity and obviously it's not all about me, so obviously the performance is very disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really did. You really believe you could win. I mean, you have to win with that mentality. Yeah, look, we came in with the mentality that we were, we were going to win and we were going to perform. Um, you know, the main, the number one thing for us was let's perform to the best of our ability and see where it takes us. Um, I thought, to be honest, in the first half we did everything right except score. Uh, we we needed to obviously double miss the penalty and we and we got a uh, Connor McGill cleared a goal line clearance, which probably them two went in then it's, 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 it's looks the scoreline looks even worse but um, look it was 5-1 and a half time missed a couple of frees I missed a couple of opportunities other lads you know I thought up front we were our movement was quite poor uh, we, we didn't break them down like we have been doing up to other teams um, which is credit to Dublin but you know I think if we had it within a half time maybe 5-5 five, 5-4 five, five, that sort of thing would have given us a, a lot more belief but um, you know 5-1 down we still had a little bit of belief going into the second half but Again, start of the second half, we missed some crucial opportunities, um, and then look, the last 15 or 20 minutes it was inevitable that Dublin were going to beat us. Are they? They're a force of nature, really. You know, I mean, what is it like playing against them? You know, when you're look, they're, they're they're very well set up. They're very well drilled. They all know what they're doing. Um, you know, when the subs coming in, they all know exactly what they're doing. Look at some of the subs that came in there for the last 15 or 20 minutes. It's it's frightening. Um, but look, they're at a different level at the moment to to us. That's. There's no, there's no hiding that. Um, we've got to prepare now for the round four in two weeks' time. That's our only goal now is to get into super eights. And you know, our, our goal this year was to get up to Division One, uh, which we have done. We just get to the last final, which we have done. And the next step is to get into super eights. So the only way this team is going to improve is by playing the likes of Dublin. Um, you know, in my view, I, I can't see anyone stopping them in this year anyway. Not just in Leinster, in, right. in the whole of Ireland. You can't this year, you know. Leo, Kerry, yeah. you know. You never know. Look. I thought the first half I said we put it up for them. Um, mm. you know it was five one. I thought if we had it went in a lot closer, six five, five five, you know, we, we could the game could have been completely different, like but um, to be honest, I think Dublin's sixteen or seventy points is probably well deserved. They, they deserve to beat us by that much, unfortunately. Yeah. Looking at the draw in the morning, uh, was there anybody you'd like to get or is it just a matter of everybody? Probably doesn't matter, no, I think it's just it's just for, as a team it's just time to to reflect, to just have a bit of downtime to ourselves, you know, go have a couple of drinks together as a team, um, just forget about today, um, and we got to maybe Monday or Tuesday when we gather up again, refocus on whoever we get tomorrow in the draw and give it a good lash. Um, you know, it's, it's it's been said that, you know, provincial losers struggle to win a round four game because, you know, some some teams have got an awful hiding from Dublin or, you know, Cavan against Donegal today, so it's very hard to get yourself motivated again. But I think this group of lads, we're, we're we like to think we're different than the last couple of years. So give us a couple of days and we'll, we'll get going again, and hopefully we're going to super eights. Do you think it affect the morale for the super eight game? Look, this, obviously this tonight, game? tonight and tomorrow, lads are going to have to have a look at themselves, and we're going to have a look at the team performance to see how we can improve. And uh, obviously, the first main thing will be up front. We have to improve, and our finishing have to improve. You know, technically, what we're doing, uh, how we're set up, and you know, Dublin exposes a lot of the times, which, which, which is they're the best team in the country for the last five or six years. They're going to expose you eventually. Um, but as I said, the first 35, 36 minutes, I think we could take confidence that, as I said, if we took our chances, we could have been 5 5, 6 5. So that's, that's the way we'll have to look at it. And as I said, we'll have a bit of downtime this evening and then regroup. Yeah, but what about you? Yeah, uh, you had a penalty shot there at one stage, so it probably wasn't a penalty, but. 
yeah, yeah look, it's, it's there's a few decisions that didn't go our way um, you know I thought their penalty was a little bit harsh I haven't seen it but at the time I thought it was behind I think it was Paul Manny was brought down it looked a bit harsh to me um, we didn't get look at, the, look at the ball today I don't think um, but look as I said it's our performance we have to look at our performance first 35 was okay second 35 was very poor very poor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just in terms of the off the pace the tempo and everything look I don't yeah, know if it's, if Dublin, I don't know if it's because everyone probably say that Dublin up the tempo I don't think you know, I, know you, I, only, I know I only played 10 minutes into the second half before I got injured but for me it was the exact same tempo in the first half it was in the second half it's just uh, Dublin were more clinical much more clinical up front um, their movement up front causes havoc and a fair to our full back line, I thought they did very, very well for the supply that was going in there constantly. I thought the three boys did fucking excellent. And, um, you know, going forward, it's up, it's up, I think, from five upwards, we have to improve. OK, this is your, how many years now? Yeah, Twelve. Twelve years. Twelve years, Graham, yeah. Look, yeah. as I said, I'm not, I'm not, I am getting old a little bit, but look. Well, you're only, what, 20, said, 29? 29, I said, I might have a year or two left. Um, yeah. Look, I'll be working hard over the next two weeks to keep me place again and start again in two weeks. That's, that's my goal and try bring some, some more to the team try kick, kick them a couple of scores that I normally get that I missed today because that's what I do for the team I have to be chipping in scores if I'm not chipping in scores I'm working hard then I'm not off from the team anything. but you're as hungry as ever as hungry as ever look you were under a lot of pressure today you were a free taker uh, it can't be easy this was your first time playing Dublin against Dublin in a championship is that right? yeah yeah, um, yeah. Were you, was it, what, what's it like beforehand for someone a, a debutant like yourself or uh, don't know. Like we, I suppose a lot of things went right for us. I suppose in the first half, just didn't tag on the scores, and that's just being blatantly honest. And against a team like Dublin, you have to take our scores. We didn't. We got punished, and that's that's how it went. I suppose. What about the freeze? You know, you take the freeze. You're, yeah, you're, you're yeah, practicing. Look, you're you're doing everything right beforehand. Yeah, it's practicing, but just sometimes it just doesn't go for you, and then little things in your head maybe just creep in and. You know, we're trying to push it and pull it and stuff like that there it's just it just didn't go for me today and that's just the way it goes but you sure you have to just draw a line in the sand and just go again like there's no point in feeling sorry for yourself like yeah yeah because it's a huge experience for you You're learning experience for you yeah yeah i oh, look suppose every every game's an experience and you have to take what you can from each game and try and learn and try and bring it to the next day that's what we're going to have to do like there's no point in feeling sorry for ourselves now that we've got one game to get into the super eights and that's really what the goal was at the start of the year get into the Super 8s and then give it a lash so you know the goal hosts haven't really moved that much as such like you know it was we gave it a shot today it didn't work out a lot you know the scoreline is the scoreline I suppose there's a few positives in the first half the way we played like I thought we were getting uh, I, thought, I thought we were doing well enough we just didn't get the scores to get a few scores maybe it turned into a different game but you know Dublin are a different animal if you don't take these scores you're punished have, you ever, have you ever played at a tempo before and yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know it's, it's an odd one because I didn't feel the tempo was was too high you know I, I played games I was well in it but it's just they punish it they punish yeah. it and punish it and punish it I don't know what their wide count was compared to ours ours uh, is obviously very 12, high but I think it was tw- yeah 12 12 or something like that yeah uh, like I think they had 12 wide they had some like 9 or some 7 or something yeah, like that yeah look they they just, they just really don't miss and they get into these chances five, like you know 12 to 5 yeah you should look 12 to yeah, 5 they yeah. half them like I don't know yeah, what the yeah. chance the chances were created were either like but look we just have to go again and that's it like no point feeling sorry for ourselves yeah. get on the bus stress down and then go again 
fair play to the two boys, Jimmy. Uh, it wasn't easy for them to to have to stop and, and answer your questions no, in a difficult situation. Getting getting onto the bus after the game, but it's become it has become the norm in Crow Park after Mead lose games that you know the Mead lads are always good and they'll chat to the local press yeah, and, well, and I, the Mead players are, have have done that in the past and hopefully they'll continue to do it in the future. Well, I'd be always grateful to those two lads uh, in circumstances. But, uh, you know, I'd be always grateful. Look, at, uh, yeah, they, they did stop. They, they could have, um, you know, some don't, and that's okay. You know, if they don't, oh, the players don't yeah, want to talk, yeah, that's yeah. absolutely fine. But they were, two of them were brilliant in terms of uh, outlining what they, what they uh, experienced. You know, I think um, Graham... Described it once as a writing experience, really, in one way. He meant it in the sense of just the the power of the, you know. And he was of the opinion that that Dublin fully deserved their sixteen point win. He was, yes, yeah, yeah. He was very uh, forthright and uh, honest about it. And uh, I suppose they did deserve it in the fact that they finished so brilliantly. And I, I said it in last week's podcast that my fear was that Mead would play, and I did say it, that Mead would play so well for an hour and maybe we be within two or three points, and then Dublin would kick on and score one four one five in the last couple of minutes and yeah. it looked like an awful hiding. done it so many times. Now, it was pretty accurate other than the fact that we were actually six or seven points down uh, going into the last ten minutes and they, they went and kicked one five and, and just... I know you say it is... A, I, I found it a pretty dispiriting experience all, all told on Sunday that Did match, um, Fergal. You know, just the, 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 the gap, you know, it was so obvious especially in the second half, the and gap the between the teams. We're going and you think, when are we ever going to get bridge this gap? Yeah, well, that's, you know, there was a graphic put up on RTE before the game. Kieran Whelan put it up and just to highlight the uh, the aged profile of the Dublin squad. And there are 12 or 14 of that yeah. players that are, are approaching 30, between 30 and 33. I, I think I, Stephen Cluxton is yeah, 37. I was ama- amazed at some of the age because yeah. young, I call him Young Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's 29. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe that. You know, and you, know. you heard Graham Riley saying in his, in his interview, who's 29 as well, I've got another year or two at this level. Yeah. So I know these Dublin boys are physical specimens. They're unbelievably fit and, and so strong and, and will probably have a life, a, 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 life, a football career expectancy more than a lot of other inter-county players well it's easy it's easy to keep doing it when you keep winning I suppose but uh, you'd like to think that it is cyclical it's a very long cycle at the minute and that it will break eventually and we've some great young players coming through oh absolutely yeah. well, as Andy McIntyre said before the game this game against Dublin shouldn't define our season and I hope it doesn't well, got promotion no, no, to the, Division I think one. the Super 8 qualifier, or, or, sorry, the, the, the next qualifier for the Super 8 will define our season. I don't think it should. It probably will, but I don't yeah. think it should. I think, you know, it's always, Whoever that's against. it's always, everybody always remembers the last box in the mouth they got, you know, but nobody remembers the, well, not that nobody will remember, but we've got promotion to Division 1 this year. We've sure. reached the Leinster final for the first time in five years, albeit beating three Division t- three teams on the way there. We're in the last round of the qualifiers with a serious opportunity of reaching the Super 8s with a young team that, I know it's Andy McEntee's third year in charge, but it's really only the first year of the cycle under Colm Nally as well. Yeah, well, he's got, I mean, you look, there's some very good young players there in the bench, Eaton Devine, Dara Campion, 
uh, Barry Darris, all those like, you know very yeah. young players who are uh, Thomas G- O'Reilly, James Conlon who started. Uh, you, you have Thomas yeah. McGovern who's an excellent young player. You've Owen Lynch who's going to come through. You've Porrick Harnan, still a young man. James McEntee, uh, Killian O'Sullivan, you know, Shane Gallagher, Gavin McCoy. When you look yeah. on, the, on the starting Ryan, team, the, Ronan Ryan, absolutely. I thought he was great on on, on Sunday. You know he's really uh, Sean, Dublin, hasn't he? And he's shown a mental and physical mental strength as a well. A lot of that Dublin lads, not only in terms of. Uh, four or five years of playing football at the highest level in all Ireland winning teams have 10 years of age on a lot of the Mead lads you know there's 20 year olds on that Mead team and there's 32 33 year olds on the Dublin team that are out muscling them and out shining them time is going to come time will come Mark my words, time will come. <laughs> okay, June, whatever it is today. The, June, the, June 25th, 25th, our time will come. <laughs> Hopefully we're around to see it. Yeah, yeah, well that's the only thing. Look, at, it wasn't all doom and gloom on Sunday. Um, yeah, we saw me team lifting. Uh, saw me teams lift silver. two trophies over the weekend. On Sunday, the junior footballers got the day off to a good start, but they had to survive a bit of a scare too. Um being able to play Rory O'Quillon was a huge addition to the Mead Juniors. Rory is, is just back from injury and, and a spell away from football in Mead. Yeah, um, he was, he was so brilliant, of course. He's been what? in with the Mead Senior Panel and he was released by Andy McEntee to Davy Nelson for this game and he came straight into the team and made an instant impact with an early point well, and, one, and, two, and a brilliant, brilliant goal, goal as well. Yeah. So, uh, But Mead had to... Had to they certainly ride the storm in the end. Well, they had to dig deep and and deeper than the hurlers had to do, uh, in the sense that they were. I mean, they made a very good start. They were they were what one seven. Then um, you know we're, talking, uh, we're still on the junior footballers here. Junior here, footballers, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, then they were one seven to seven. I think at half time ahead. Yeah, uh, well, they had clawed it back. So the, the junior footballers so had, had did come back, and we, of course we had Johnny Doyle coming on. Uh, some people. I think you're one of those Fergal who, who don't see much point in in, see, in in a player like Johnny Doyle coming on and uh, well, if taking. I was a, a 19, 20, 21, 22 year old in Kildare, hoping to impress a senior manager, uh, and I'm on the fringes, and I could possibly get onto the junior team and get a game in Crow Park, and you know put my name forward and show the the senior manager Look, this is what I'm capable of. Come and watch the junior games. And then Johnny Doyle is trotting out in front of me. No doubt Johnny Doyle is a class act and he looked, he still looked every bit the part. But Johnny Doyle is not the future of Kildare football. And, and he, he brought a lot to the table because they, they, they became a much more potent force in attack. Yeah, when, he'd when actually he led 2-7-7 at half time in that two, game. 2-7-7, seven seven, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2-7-7 yeah. yeah. so, uh, yeah. yeah, and, but uh, I mean at one stage the, earlier on in the first 20 minutes it looked like it was going to be uh, you know, it's going to be a cakewalk for them. Yeah, but it, it certainly yeah. didn't turn out like that. They came back very strongly and they held out uh, was it, uh, just two points between the, the teams yeah, at the two, end. Uh, yeah, it was actually, um, which needs to be, uh, it was two, I can't remember, it was two fourteen to 18 points Yeah. Uh, in the end. But um, yeah, Mead held on in the end and, and did well. As I said, Rory Quill and Danny Quinn was immense for, for the juniors as well. Um, and Jason Scully had a good game, and all uh, the benefit of playing with the seniors, you can see that mm. uh, that that it stood to them. But uh, you know, it, it was a good a good win, and uh, a second piece of silver there, silverware from the weekend for the Mead Mead GA with the first one annexed on Saturday. 
Yes, indeed. I was up for that, Fergal. What a day for Mead Hurling. It wasn't just the fact that they won the Christie Ring Cup for the second time ever. It was the level of performance. It was their best performance of the year, I would I would uh, suggest. Um, you know, and it was delayed by half an hour because of the Lancashire Leitrim game. So you might, I was thinking, well, would that put them off? Uh, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, I spoke to um, Nick. We might hear. We, 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 I spoke yeah, to Nick about we, that. Before we go any further, we'll actually play that interview. Yeah. Now, just he, he spoke about how um, you know how they had reset, and and you know he, one aspect of this performance this year of the hurlers was the attention to detail. Everything was looked at very closely by Nick and his management team, and it paid off. Okay, so here's Nick Fitzgerald after the Christy Ring Cup final victory over Down on Saturday. Can I expect? Um, you know, having come down from the Joe McDonough last year, um, very tough year in uh, 18, you know, we would have set our sights on this competition as a must win as opposed to a hope to win, you know. Um, average league campaign um, kept our status, uh, but, you know, this, this was the focus, you know. And I think, I think we've shown throughout this competition that we are the leading light in the competition and you know having the experience from the Joe McDonough does really stand to you you know that's a very good down team um, you know make no mistakes about it but they're extremely young you know we have we have the tried and tested players uh, both in the forwards and in the backs we have the young lads as well which we mixed it up with today you know the down team I always felt that if, if we could get on top of them we could dispose of them you know we, we got a serious chance in the first half to be 12 or 14 up and you know didn't really take it and they showed their metal, they, they came back and they fought back into it, you know. Um, they've consistently scored goals throughout the competition. You know, they, they had 11 scored up to today, I think, between the two brothers, Dahi and Owen. Um, and again, they showed today like that, that, that they're capable of getting goals, you know. But look, I think on the whole today, I don't think anyone could, could uh, regrudge us a 10-point win. About the start of the day, it was, it was supposed to. It was supposed to start at two o'clock. Nicky, of course. Then you, you have the team wound up as no, it were. No, in the we, zone. we were we we were getting into the zone. We had the initial warm up done. Um, you know, you always have that that uh, that that risk of extra time in the previous game, and we were watching it closely. And uh, you know, the, the, there was the chance from five to go that it, it could go to extra time, and then uh, Warwickshire pulled away, and there was four in about fair play to lead from a look. Congratulations to Leitrim as well, but but we weren't quite at full tilt, ready to go. We, we were just about to build up the last part when we, when it obviously went to extra time. But uh, so know. all these things can matter. Like they can, yeah. You, you know, ready. some players can cope with them, and uh, some can't. I think we coped quite well with it. Um, you know, obviously we got a good start. Down down did puck some some poor wides maybe in the first half. I think they put nine in the first half. I think to our four or five. Um, but look, you know, you can. You can analyse it as much as you like now. We're bringing Christy Ring back to me tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's the How much do you think that's going to do for you next year, I guess? The fact these players <coughs> have now got something to go home with. So. Well, well, nine of nine of what started today brought Christy Ring home twice in, in 2016 mm-hmm. uh, in the debacle. And, you know, those guys showed their mettle today. You know, they showed their experience. You know, they were the leading lights. You know, when you look at Shane McGammon's puck out, you look at Shane Brennan at wing back, Keith Kogan at centre back, Shawnee Garrett in the middle of the field. You know, you, you just go on to the line. Adam Gannon in the forwards, he came off with a with, uh, concussion. Like, those guys showed, like, they're tried and tested players, you know. They've been there, they've done it, and now they've done it again. Yeah, you faded out of the game, though, at halftime. You worried at halftime, only a point ahead, I think, wasn't a point. No, weren't, uh, okay, definitely faded out, right? We dropped the work rate, right? but, but, but lads, the heat at pitch level 
was huge and we, we had put in an enormous first 20 and we had down on the back foot and you know down to be fair to them got the opportunities took them and brought themselves right back in, in into the game you know as I said earlier on we were six or seven up when we missed the penalty and we missed at least another goal chance you know we could have been 12 to 13 up and it could have been lights out by half time but as, as I said already credit to down you know you're a successful businessman as well of course so what's the, the connection you know is there a strong connection between the Building a successful team that wins trophies. Uh, look, I, I, yeah. I, I guess there's there's some sort of a link somewhere. I'm not going to try and tell you what, what it is, Jimmy. But but you know, I've a, I have a backroom team with me that are just a phenomenal team. You know, I just said to the players out there and to the whole group, you know, certain people have to wear certain tops. I have to wear the one that I have. Certain players have to wear certain numbers. But you know, collectively is what this is all about. Not about any one player or anyone in the backroom team or anyone who wears a special top. It's about the collective group. What did you say to before they went out? At the start of the game? Yeah. Uh, look, we've, we've, since the start of the competition, I had broken it down into 10 games to win it. So five matches, 10 halves. So at, at the start of the game, our focus was on 35 minutes, and 35 minutes only, to get back into, in, into the dressing room to reset to go on the second half. Every game that we've played so far in the competition, we led at half time. We led at full time. Today we led at half time, and we were ten points winners at uh, full time. So it, it it was quite easy, you know. So our plan at the start of the game was no different to the plan at the start of of, of, the, of the second half. We made a couple of changes, which which were you know the substitute that we brought in. It was always planned as soon as, soon as the heat had gone out of the game, because he's only 18 years old. It was always the plan. As soon as the heat was gone out of the game, he was coming in, and you see why. Nicky, golden point. Yeah. And Going the first minute and second half, yeah. wasn't it? You know, so, yeah. he, so that was always planned, but it, it was. Yeah, because look, you, you know, the size of the surface. You saw what what Adam Gannon was doing in the first half. You know, Adam was running riot when when he ran at, at uh, the downfield back line, and you know, Nicky is just as quick as Adam. He just wouldn't have the experience of Adam. So once the full back line had slowed down that little bit more, you know, Nicky was always coming, and look, he's an excellent player, you know. Yeah, tremendous day for you personally, mm. you know, in terms of the... He's, he's, he's a clubmate of mine and, you know, I won't be afraid to say it, you know, he's having a tough time, his dad is having a tough time and, you know, they're, they're, they're tough people and look, with the help of God, they'll just come out the right side of all this toughness, you know. Yeah, yeah, it certainly showed. Sure. There was a mental toughness there. In the dressing room, there, there's a very affirmative messages there about everybody, every players. Yeah, look, everybody has, everybody there knows what their job is, from player number one right down through the whole panel, and from the backroom team, from myself right down through the whole team. Everybody knows what their job is, and everyone just gets on with it day by day. I don't come into training any day or into a game any day and say, right, you've got to make sure you do this, this, and this. It's just done, you know? It's just done. It's, it, it just happens, you know? And that's, that's the beauty of that backroom team, you know? Yeah, and the leadership on the pitch as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you've, you have some serious players there, you know? Um, as I said, they've been there, they've done it, they know what it takes, and I'm just thrilled for those players. It's a noisy old dressing room there on Saturday, Jimmy. I was lucky enough yeah. to be down in it as well. Yeah. It was a, it was a, a real hive of activity, and you yeah. can hear there from Nick, and he was, 
he he was thanking everybody, including yourself, for all that you did. You you, you pulled together there, Jimmy, and you did well. Well, uh, <laughs> I, it was a privilege to be there, Fergal. You know, as you know, it was a privilege to be there. We don't get into the dressing rooms. I, I mean, back in the old days, I'm, again, you used to go around and interview players and that, you know. And uh, but well, I'm glad those days are. Right I, I'm glad <laughs> those days are over. But it was, you know, it was one of those rare occasions where we did get it. You know, we're we're waiting, we're waiting to get quotes, and uh, we just joined in, and and you had to enjoy uh, the, to watching the players celebrate and everybody celebrating well, because you, you, it worked so hard for it. You spoke about uh, the half an hour delay because of the Laurie Marr final going to extra time and uh, it certainly didn't affect me. They absolutely burst out of the traps, didn't they? They, they were unbelievable. Yeah, the one the five to minutes. no score ahead, I think after about 16 minutes. Yeah. Down, I think, got their point a minute later. Uh, but down got, they did get going. They had a very decent spell just before half time. They, they, they rattled home a couple of goals. Uh, one from a penalty... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um after Owen Sands was fouled, uh and, and he sent or the the uh Sheehan, I think Paul Sheehan scored the penalty he sent yeah, uh, he did, yeah. sent Shane McGann the wrong way and a comfortable enough goal. And then they got another goal then uh, so they were only well they got level actually and then Mead got a point just before half time. It was one twelve to Mead two eight to down at half time. So Mead were only a point up at half time. A point up, yeah. Were you worried at that stage that they had squandered I think they were ten or eleven points up, were we at one stage? Well, we were very comfortable, yes. Uh, I was beginning to you know, get a bit concerned, all right. There's no doubt about that, because Mead started to fade it around mid to lose to lose the um run, shall we say, for the battle for dirty ball, you know, they started to lose out in those kind of battles. And uh, but I have seen me, I've watched me in every game they've played, or almost every game this in this campaign. And you know, they've had these spells where they've faded out, you know, and we 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 were we weren't that concerned about it either. We I felt that it could come back. They brought on Nicky Potterton at at half time. Nicky is a sensational player, really. He's he's, he's, he's eighteen yeah. year old. He's just demonstrated his talent. He's a uh, a nephew of the great Pat Potterton, uh, you know, son of Nicky. Well, equally great Nicky. Yeah, Nicky equally was great. A yeah, yeah, too. he was very good too. Excellent player. And uh, so, the, you know, and I know his grandfather, Nicky, as well, a very good hurler, yeah. played for Kodaki for years. And, uh, um, well, look, you know, well, so the DNA is there. It's it's part of, of what he is, and he's a brilliant, a brilliant young player. Brilliant, brilliant in all as he was. And Jack Regan scored nine points, but uh, another outstanding performance from Jack. But, uh, a huge amount of plaudits has to go to Adam Gannon, 2-3. Of course. Um, at one stage early on the year, it didn't look like Adam was going to play any part at all. Then he came back against London and got one of the worst. I've seen I've seen the medical report, for lack of a better word, on the dead leg he got against London in Park Tulchin that day. And it's amazing that he came back at all from that. It was actually it was that bad of a belt that it was, it was a fear that he had broken uh, his leg in it, but yeah, well, he couldn't. He, dead legs, he couldn't even train properly for two weeks after that. Yeah, so I'm going to play the interview. You inter- got to catch up with Adam then as well after that game, and here's what Adam Gannon, who was the man of the match from the Christie Ring Cup final, had to say to Jimmy after the game. Especially, it must be very pleasing to. Yeah, no, look, it's. I suppose it's been a hard road back from injury. Um, I, I took a bit of a setback at the start of the Christie Ring when I, I just had a leg injury. But uh, yeah, no, it makes all the hard work and the, the extra hours in the gym and, and the looking on and the wanting to get onto the field actually really, it makes it really, really worth it. Is it's it very frustrating, it must have been quite early in the year when you had so many injuries. Like you had the, the back, wasn't it, sorry, the back? Uh, no, I, I got a, I, I just, a bad shoulder injury that I, I got surgery on in December. And then um, it was it was the guts of five months before I was able to go into contact again. So 
Um, yeah, all those hours in the gym and and the the frustration of looking at lads playing and not being able to kind of you know really really make an impact in the team. Sure, yeah. And then you come back against London and pick up another dead leg. Then, yeah, then yeah, then I just got a I got a really bad dead leg as well. So that set me back a few weeks, you know, in training and things. But uh, no, I'm delighted. I'm delighted the lads put their faith in me to be able to to be able to offer the team something in the last two games. So two goals today. What like what? Well, for sort of um, with that image, are you going to vision that you're going to score goals? You know the way. Um, yeah, I suppose you visualise a little bit before yeah. the games that when you get the ball, you're going to just head down and go for the, the black spot. But no, the, the lads in training during the week would have worked with me, and uh, I suppose the inside forward line, and they would have told us what the, the downfall back line would have been like. So they, they advised us when we got the ball to, to go for the go for the, the onion bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you certainly did that twice. It worked out very well for you. Yeah, I could have had the third, but uh, I, I got blocked or missed it. I don't know why. I don't know. I didn't. Uh, Make a very good play of it anyway. <laughs> yeah, your second time and third time really in Crow Park, playing in Crow Park. Yeah, but it's still something special, you know. Yeah. For for us that don't get to play here that often, it's still that that aura about coming out to Crow Park and just that feeling that it puts the hairs in the back of your head when you're out onto the field. So. Yeah, are you a student, Adam? Are you? No, no, I'm I'm getting on now, Jimmy. I'm, I'm 27 this year, oh, yeah, so yeah. You're looking. <laughs> um, no, I I work for Allianz Insurance uh, in Liffey okay. Valley, so I've been there the last few years. It's, Allianz Insurance, right? Yeah, it's an office job, which. It gives me good flexibility for, for training and games and things in the afternoon. So okay, so yeah, so obviously a second time you've won the Christie Ring, but um, was it very very warm? Was the conditions? Uh, yeah, as you can see, I'm still sweating on money after the shower. Uh, it was it was warm. it was ideal conditions. So there was a little bit of a breeze, but you didn't really notice a whole lot when you were on the pitch. Right. Um, but no, it was ideal. The, the ground was perfect as you as you'd expect. Uh, but no, it was ideal conditions for hurling and, and for moving the ball faster too with us. And it didn't knock you out as the, the the delay in the start. It didn't knock you out a single. Um, no, it was, we 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 refocused very well. I thought nobody was panicking. Everyone kind of just got back, reset. We said, right, look, we've thirty minutes. We'll just go back to our routine again. And everyone kind of just got back to basics again, and uh, we've done our, our normal warm up, and I think it helped. I think we started quite well, so I, I don't think it affects us a whole lot. Now to win the championship with Killine, that's the next big step. That, that's the next big step, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll make an impact next Friday when we play longer than I suppose the local derby. How so. do you feel about that having to play so soon? Um, I suppose I'd like a little bit of a break because uh, lads, look, I'm I suppose exception to the rule because I've been out injured for a lot of time, but I have put in good work in the gym. But for some of the lads to have been training since the first week in November and after such a great day like today, I, I think they deserve at least a week off. So uh, Adam was clearly delighted there, Jimmy. It was yeah. a long, hard road for him and yeah. what, what an exceptional performance. Well, his, his success there in scoring 2-3 uh, on Saturday, Fergal, uh, underlined the importance of persistence and just uh, staying with your dream and so on. And Adam never gave up on that. He wanted to be involved in this campaign as much as possible. He, you know, he spoke there as well about the pain of or the, 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 um, the, the, the terrible experience of what, just sitting watching games. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's one thing that players who are forced out injury have to endure. Adam, but he didn't. He never doubted himself. He never. Uh, he persisted tenaciously. You know, he could have thrown in the towel easily, but he didn't. And, and again, what he, an award he got! He was brilliant on on Saturday. And he too spoke about the calmness in the dressing room as we heard Nick talking about as well how everybody played their part and uh, you know from Neve Guy and, and the physio, physiotherapy team and Jerry McLaughlin and Paul Dunn the hurls and the water and Dom Riley was in the dressing room helping out with all the logistics as well and Niall Williams the coach Connor Ferguson Paul Riley the selectors Nick Fitzgerald of course the manager it's, and Nick was very adamant and it really was very strong in trying to get his point across that 
this was a team effort. Well, you, yeah, it certainly was from everybody down. But you mentioned one more there, Fergal, is crucial to calmness. Uh, Nick is, he's, he's, you know, I think a manager has got to stay calm on the side to evaluate what's going on. And uh, Nick was, uh, you know, calm throughout. And, um, you know, he, he certainly, he brought on Nicky Potter and he, he knew what he could bring to the table. Uh, he had that pre-planned, he said, you know, so I'm talking about the calmness and detail as well. So everything yeah. was detailed and it, it paid off for them and handsomely. Well, now the, the challenge is Joe McDonough for next year and staying there. It was a very disappointing campaign, their, their first Joe McDonough one. Um are Mead in a better place now than they were going up in 2016? Oh, definitely. You know, I think that they're much stronger than they were last year. Now, obviously, they learned an awful lot playing in the Joe McDonough last year, uh, that tempo. and But I, I, I think, you know, Nick has more experience as a manager at this level as well. I think the, uh, the backroom team, there's nothing left to chance in terms of uh, preparation and so on. Uh, I'd, I'd give them a decent chance of... of, of holding their own in the in the McDonough Cup next year well look the, uh, from from talking to a few of the lads around the place I think the celebrations are finally starting to wind down after the weekend the Christy Ring Cup okay. uh, there was a bit of a party the last of the parties maybe last night maybe a few of the boys might stretch it out to today well, there's a hurling championship but they have to, to be get back, and that's what we're going to look at next yeah. there's a, there is a, a hurling championship coming up uh, senior hurling championship intermediate all the club hurling championships getting underway on Thursday night with the most mouth-watering uh, clash of the opening round, which features the six in a row now chasing champions, uh, Kiltail, taking on probably their biggest rivals for the title or their closest contenders. I know the others will have a say about that. Kildalki in Park Tolchin on Thursday night, Jimmy. It'll be yeah, a good one. It's a great one to start. Of course, you know, that's one of the um, advantages of this new system. Well, it's, it was new last year. It's, this is the second year of it where the top six teams are in Group A. So, you know, we, we have... Uh, very close games so generally games every round, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so it, it worked very well last year I thought and uh, you know this is the kind of game that will bring a, a decent crowd you would think to, to the, uh, the venue you know so it's harsh asking Kiltail what if they got six or seven boys on the senior hurling panel yeah of course it is it's, who have you got Shane McGann we're going to Jack uh, James Kelly Jack Regan, Jack Regan uh, Colin uh, McCabe uh, Colin McCabe you, you know and then um, Jack Ray, um, a few in the subs as well. Yeah. You know, so it is very, um, it's it's very it's tough on the man them. asking them to come in, yeah, and play. And, and Kildaki, of course, had Nicky Potterton as well. And yeah, Adam uh, spoke about how he, he would have loved to have a, an extra week there. Yeah. You know, yeah. not well, he was, he was not so much him because he hasn't played that many games, but um, other players who have been played constantly, they could certainly do with a, a week's rest. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's tough on them. Do you want to call that one, Jimmy? Kiltail, well, Kildaki, Thursday night? I, I think for that factor alone, um, the fact that Kiltail are going to be feeling a few players who have played Christy Ring Cup, Cup they have more players than Kildaki. Have I go for Kiltail in that? Sorry, Kildaki. Kildaki, <laughs> I go for Kildaki in that. Okay. I meant to say Kildaki, yeah. Okay, so you're going with Kildaki in that one. All right, a puzzled look on my face yeah, there yeah, for the people yeah, that yeah. were listening. But anyway... Uh, also in that group on Friday night in Ratmaline, great to see Hurling Championship back in Ratmaline. Beautiful pitch, one of the best surfaces in the country, without a doubt. Uh, Killine take on Longwood. There'll be no quarters asked or given there. Yeah, local derby. Look, at this. it's going to be another tough one. Uh, Killine, wow, you know, Longwood, um, they surprised, well, they surprised everybody last year. Uh, but 
this year I'm not so sure. So I, I Kaline, I believe, you know, the Adam there, you know, he's he's only beginning to find his uh, pace really, uh, you know, full fitness after his injury issues. Mm. So uh, with him around, I think uh, you'd have to give it to Kaline. Keith Kogan and Stephen yeah, Kelly, and uh, there's yes, some great absolutely. players in, in Kaline, yeah, yeah. And, and I think. Longwood are suffering at the minute with uh, not having everybody available to them and, and there seems to be a bit of a momentum is, is going against them in all grades, hurling and football there. So they seem to be struggling a little bit. But maybe they can pick it up when it comes to a local derby and this might be turned around. But you're going with Kaline in that one anyway. Kaline, yeah. Another big game on Friday night, it's in Group B, is Trim against Kilmesson. Uh, how the mighty have fallen Jimmy I suppose I know Trim ended yeah. up in the senior hurling final last year and by the strange quirk of the setup and the structure of the championship they still find themselves in group B because they didn't win group B yes. last year but uh, Trim and Kilmesson in group B the senior hurling championship which is the way the structure is group B is meant to be for the lesser teams as I use my air quotes yeah yeah I mean you wouldn't you wouldn't have expected uh, Kilmesson maybe to fall through the trapdoor from group one there last year a, group A let's go uh, sorry group A but I mean yeah, you know they, they are sort of a team that um, they're rebuilding but have they enough to get back up there I'm not so sure I think Trim is going to win group B this year Okay, so, so I think they're going for Trim in this game Trim in that one Saturday then is a busy day for Hurling um, we, I'll, we'll give a quick mention to the Mead minor hurlers are playing as well uh, in Navan at 2 o'clock in the Paddlehan Cup final against Carlo lost Carlo in the first round of Leinster tier 3 in the first round of the Leinster minor Hurling championship lost badly to Carlo in that one so it'll take a big turnaround but they're, they're capable of it the minor hurlers uh, so I'm sure they'd appreciate a lot of support in Navan at 2 o'clock on Saturday uh, but that's followed by an intermediate game between Dundry and Clonagale and then a big senior hurling championship game uh, in Group A again between Retote and Dunboyne Yes uh, Retote um I think we'll win this one. They're going. They're going very good last year. They got to the semi-final. They're a very up-and-coming team. It's only a matter of year, uh, two or three years before I predict before they win the, the senior hurling championship. Which is unusual <laughs> for a team that's come up from intermediate in a relatively from a relatively short space of time to make the, such an impact at senior. They're doing yeah. something right in retort. Well, there's so many players, but the problem is, who are they? Who are they going to be able to feel like? Because uh, you know, in the mid uh, senior football team. They've got players like, uh, you know, they've got um, Conor McGill and uh, Brian, you McMahon. Know, Brian McMahon, who, you know, I've been told would, I've been told by a, a, a retort club and could play in that game if they were made available. Will they, will they be available? We're not sure about that. But, uh, yeah, and they also have injuries to Podge O'Hanrahan, who's going to be a huge loss to them. But uh, they have the McGowan brothers there who are huge hurlers. Sure. Dara Kelly, who... I must say as well, I was very impressed with at the Christie Ring Cup. He was Cup. very good, yeah. Uh, he was outstanding. And, uh, Colin O'Reardon there. Col the Colin O'Reardon, the sub-goalie for Mead as well. So he'll be between the sticks for them. But yeah, it, it'll be a good game as well. But you reckon Retolt? Yeah, oh, for this game, I do, yeah. Um, I think I think they'll, they'll win this, you know. Um, Navin O'Mahony's against Boards Mill in Trim. They're meeting pretty much halfway there um, in the Senior Hurling Championship Group B. Mm. On Saturday at six o'clock, I fancy Boards Mill for this one. Uh, you know they've they good play. They played a couple of good results there last year as well. And I think uh, I think they could they could win this one. Uh, you know they've the flatteries there. You know and um, yeah, I think it's between Boards Mill and Clemson myself for that second spot in Group B. And I and I think that could be the big game in the group. Boards Mill v Clemson mm. to come out. Uh, so I would fancy Boards Mill as well there. And I think, uh, just running through the list, I think the last game then we have is Nafina, last year's Intermediate Champions, taking on Blackhall Gales. 
Yeah. And trim at 3.30 on Sunday. Well, Blackhall Gales, of course, they've been in senior this, uh, you know, for some time now. And uh, and so I, I think that that would have to give them an edge in this game. Um, Nafina, you know, had a brilliant year last year in terms of winning the intermediate and going well in that uh, junior, Leinster junior uh, championship. They lost it uh, Wexford side yeah, time and nothing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I th- for this one, no, I think... Um, you know, I, I I will go for you know. I think um, Blackhall will win this one. Do you think so? Yeah. Do you not? You don't. No, agree? I go with Nafina. Why? Why is I'll that? Go with we should probably write these things down. Hmm. <laughs> Has anybody hmm. got a pen? Anybody <laughs> got a pen? No. Um. I just think Nafina ha- in the Slevens, I think in Barry Slevin and Peter Slevin, they've got some classy hurlers, but not just them either. You know, Shane Walsh is a lovely hurler. Um, they've got Dermot Bailey is still involved with them they've got some Hugh Smith who's on the senior panel there as well yeah, um, Shane Whitty uh, Colin Whitty they've got some great hurlers in, in black sorry they're, yeah, I'm, yeah, talk, yeah, no, no. I'm talking yeah, black yeah, on yeah, now yeah Stephen Morris Shane Whitty yeah, yeah I suppose yeah in when black you look at it that way there's going to be a lot of Ed and that bit's going to be cut out anyway and that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think Nafina, sorry, yeah, when, when, when you look at their, their Bailey and, and the Slevin brothers and Shane Walsh, they, they've got plenty of, of decent players all over the field. Yeah, Blackhall Gales have their uh, talisman as well in Shane Whitty and uh, Steve, I'm not sure if Alan Nestor is still playing and Hugh Smith Steve, and Stephen Morris, Morris and, yeah, yeah. and lads like that. They do have a good, it will be a good uh, game, but I'll probably... John and Myler, you know. I'll probably side with Nafina maybe on that okay, one. Okay, I'll stick with Blackhall. Good man, good man. Okay. Uh, the last game I just want to look at from the weekend is the ladies' Leinster Intermediate Football Final between Mead and Wexford in Carlow on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Uh, Mead, have, Mead have had a great year. They're targeting three trophies this year. They've already achieved one, winning National Football League Division 3. They're now going, trying to regain the intermediate title that they won in 2017 when they beat Wexford. Uh, they'll regrade it down to intermediate level after 2016. So in their first year in intermediate, they won the Leinster Intermediate title. A bit of a surprise beating Wexford. But this is going to be a tough game again. Um, there's mm. They've lost two key players. Neve Gologli and Stacey Grimes have gone yeah, to America on J1. Fantastic like, players. Huge yeah. players. Huge, huge players. Huge loss for Mead. But as and we said the last time, Eamon Murray is stresses that this is the reason why they carry a big panel. And they have the talent there to... for. Others to step up to the plate now and make their mark. Um, it promises to be a really good game. The, you know, if you lose this game, it's not the end of the world. The, the All Irelands are a separate competition, kind of in that. Um, it, it will just determine the winners of the provincial finals go into a different group, and the winners, the runners up, go into probably uh, a slightly easier group when you look at the way the draw is made. So maybe losing this Leinster final wouldn't be the worst thing for me. That would probably mean. They're in a group with Tipperary, who would be everybody's favourite for the All-Ireland. And it means that if they're in the group with Tipperary, then it means they can't meet them again, really, until the All-Ireland final. And Tipperary and Mead would probably be the two big guns when it comes to talking about All-Ireland glory. So it's a, it's, it, it's a big game in terms of more silverware on the table, but for the bigger mm-hmm. picture, it's probably not one that, if the result goes against Mead, uh, the management will be too disappointed with, I would say. Yeah, I think Eamon Owen is selected will want to, obviously they'll want to win this game, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, and keep the momentum going. Uh, because they have been playing very well this year and there's no reason I don't think why they can't win it. They've been passing the ball, inter- linking well, passing well. Uh, 
and this is um, another chance for them now to perform. You saw them in, in the championship earlier on, uh, you know, and the, the, I don't see why they can't win this one, Fergal. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, un- unfortunately, the Mead Camogie team for the second week in a row went very close to achieving their yeah. first win in All Ireland Senior Camogie grade in their second year in it. Of course, didn't get a win last year. Um, and went very close last Saturday evening against Clare, losing 12 points to 11. I think they, they were down for most of the game, but got back to 10 points all. Um, but lost Christina Troy to a second yellow card. Uh, Conal Collier was at the game for us, and by all accounts, very, very harsh decisions against her. But it meant that Mead were down to 14 players, and it allowed Clare kick on with, with two more points to win the game and deny Mead what would have been a first-ever point from an All-Ireland Senior yeah. Camogie. It really is remarkable that Mead are competing at this level. Well, the, the, the Camogie story is uh, one of those stories straight out of Hollywood, really, uh, the last 10, 12 years. From where Mead came from back 10, 12 years ago, they were beaten by uh, this enormous... By Dublin seconds, by well, yeah, yeah, 30 uh, points or something well, like Mitt will have it. Well, it'll, it was a... will end up 50 before the history books are ever written, but they're yeah, well but They've come back from that. John Davis took over, and now uh, there's a new management team in place there. And look, um, it, you know, it, we expected at the start of this season that they might, they would struggle, but they have actually um, surpassed... Surprised, expect, yeah. Uh, surpassed and surprises a little, yeah, in the sense that they've, they've gone close now. They're only, they, did, they certainly didn't... They lost to Dublin by seven points, yeah. one sixteen to 12 off the top of my head, I think it was, and then losing to Clare by a point. But the only thing is, they were probably the two games you would focus on. They've Waterford, Tipperary and Cork, I think, in the last three games. Right. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. going to be tough to see where they'll get yeah, a win. Absolutely. Um, but they can take encouragement from their yeah. last two performances. Well, I was at the match last year against Cork and Trim. And yeah. uh, you know, to see Cork arrive, one thing that strikes me from that, stayed with me from that game was they arrived in this super luxury coach. And then this team of backroom people Brought, they took over one complete dressing room in Trim. You know, set up the videos that uh, or um, physios that had set up physio tables. They had uh, everything that a, the players could possibly want ready in there. It was a real professional setup. Yeah. And yeah. we talked about Dublin about how they they have that extra funding. Cork have obviously put a lot of funding into Camogie as well, and. Um, you know, that's why they're up there. That's all we can aspire to, Jimmy, is yep. get to those levels and, and you have to keep going after the disappointment of Crow Park on Sunday afternoon. We can only keep going. Uh, as we always say, it's the hope that kills you, but we'll never <laughs> let that hope die. Oh, no. We'll... And uh, we'll wish every, everybody involved in the Hurling Championships the it's best a, of luck. It's and, a light that never goes out, Fergal. It's a light that never goes out. Smiths, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm Fergal Lynch, that's been Jimmy Gagan, and we've been trying to talk a good game.